0: Welcome to Starcast, a show about tarot, divination, and all things mystical. Starcast is a celebration of StarCon, the Southeastern Tarot Artist and Readers Conference. I'm Amy Mauser, and here's your host, Christiana Godet.
1: Welcome everyone to Starcast. This is the podcast that celebrates StarCon, and StarCon 2022 is happening January 21st through 23rd in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, in person and online on the Accelivance event management platform. So today I am just thrilled to bring to you one of our StarCon presenters, Jamie Sawyer. How are you, Jamie?
0: I am so good. Thank you, Christiana, for having me be on your podcast and part of your lineup of amazing, amazing people. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you.
1: Well, you certainly belong on that lineup, and uh, I was sharing with you before we started recording, Mm -hmm. but I'll I'll say it for everyone to Mm -hmm. hear: in picking the, I I didn't pick the lineup for Mm -hmm. for StarCon 2022. Uh, What basically happened was hordes of really qualified people reached out to me and said can i can i can i can i and i was so I was just like probably very lazily like yes 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 cuz they're all really good and they all mm-hmm. fit the theme of Starcon which really is honoring our tarot artists mm-hmm. uh, i had just a couple of spots left that i didn't know what to do with so i asked uh, in our StarCon group on Facebook, uh, StarCon community group, who would you like to see? Jamie Sawyer was right there, one of the people at the top of the list. So <laughs> I'm happy to be able to deliver you to the people who have asked for you. And I was lucky to get to meet you at Newt's pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. So that's yes. you were on my radar. Uh, but you have such a, a fascinating story and you are truly, truly a tarot artist. You are one of the tarot artists who you have a tarot practice in your life, but you do not read professionally. Is that right?
0: That is correct. I, It's too much pressure. Like, I know that sounds so crazy, but it's I don't want that kind of responsibility. So for all of the people who I know, like yourself, that are professional tarot readers, I give you so much credit because. I just, it's, to me, it's, I understand the, the weight that comes with reading for people. So I will do collective readings because I go, well, then you can take what you want, what resonates. And a lot of times I'll actually listen back to my own readings and be like, wow, I needed to hear that, you know, but.
1: Yeah, no, I totally get that. Yes. (laughs) And that will even happen in a professional session Mm -hmm. where I'll be saying something to a client and there's like this little voice inside physician heal thyself. (laughs) Uh, that's also a message for me. So, yeah, I think that's part of how tarot works. Uh, But, you know, one of the missions of StarCon is to Mm. honor our tarot artists. Mm. Without our artists, what would we be doing? We'd be reading with like 78 pieces of notebook paper with numbers on them. (laughs) I mean, what exactly would be happening? You know, you are so important to our process. Mm. And you create some really... Interesting decks, and you Mm -hmm. create these tarot tiles that are just delicious. (laughs) Uh, So, I definitely want to talk Mm -hmm. about what you create, but I'd like to talk a little bit Mm -hmm. about your history as well because I'm just laughing here. Because, okay, yes, you don't give tarot readings professionally Mm -hmm. because of the pressure, and I acknowledge the pressure, Mm -hmm. there's a huge amount of pressure (laughs) to do no harm.
0: Yes, Yes. <laughs>
1: right. And, and then- I don't
0: take that lightly. I, I definitely don't. And I don't like to see people upset. And I think that's probably the my biggest like confession is I don't know how to deliver bad news, because I try and see a silver lining in most things so I can help you solve a problem. But I I don't know how to tell when the cards are like, clearly, not really good. I don't know how to be like, well, you know what, things are going to be okay, because people come to tarot and readers when, when they're already feeling lost, you know? So for me, that's where the burden comes from. And I'm just like, okay, this is going to suck. How can we work it through? I was like, I just don't know how to do that. That's exactly how you do it. Yeah. That's exactly
1: it right there. Mm -hmm. So for anyone who is a tarot student Mm -hmm. or wants to be a professional reader, Mm -hmm. Jamie just gave you the answer. That that (laughs) is the right way to do it is to Mm -hmm. sort of be present for the fact that, you know, this is, this is going to mm-hmm. suck. Yeah. But here we are, we're going to find the lesson here. We're going to find what yeah. we can do with it. We're going to do what we can to mitigate it. And mm-hmm. that's what we're going to do. And so you, you know how to do it.
0: Yeah. I, it's just a cop out, but yeah.
1: <laughs> so your, your professional history, you have always been an artist. That's yes. who you are. That's yes. what you do. Yeah. And it's—I I was just reading on your mm-hmm. website that, in some ways, you have sort of suffered from imposter syndrome and not even recognizing mm-hmm. what a fabulous artist you are. And—and and I'm assuming with time you're—you're you're coming to accept this—this this truth. It's, it's
0: still very much there, but yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> However, pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. Your primary career is the kind of artist that I would think would be the most scary, the most pressured, (laughs) the most intense, like if I were an artist and I can't draw a stick figure, it would be the one kind of art that I wouldn't do. Uh, So tell us all what your pre-COVID full-time job was.
0: Totally pulling my card there, right? Like it's too much pressure to give a reading, but yet I can tattoo people for hours. I can (laughs) do that and be confident in it. And, you know, February will be 20 years that I've been a tattoo artist. And, you know, before COVID, I had my own studio. It was called Sacred Space Tattoo. Mm -hmm. Um, And I realized a long time ago that, The connection that you make when you're tattooing somebody is so much deeper than just what they're getting. You know, like their their art that they're choosing, whether it's something huge or something small, it's generally a symbolic proof that they shared space with me. You know, so it wasn't necessarily like they they definitely love the art, but I realized when I would listen to my coworkers and like I realized we were having deeper conversations. Like we were having like like I was telling you before we started recording, I was reading people from the chair through their art, through their talking, that connection, like it wasn't until the last, maybe eight years or so that I realized that tattooing is also energy work and it's, it's healing, you know? So it wasn't easy for me to close my studio, but I needed to, because I also like a lot of energy workers suffered burnout Sure, and I didn't put my own self first and I didn't answer honor my yeses or my noes or any of that. So it's like, I'm retired, semi-retired, but it's it doesn't mean that I'm not doing it. It's just, I have to be very selective, but it's tattoo art for me, like back 20 year old Jamie, that was doing it was like, this is really cool. You know, like, like the whole like culture of being a tattoo artist is kind of like, likened, especially now with all the TV shows. And I can tell you, I have never watched a single episode of any of those. I know some of the people who've been on them and they say it was horrible, but that's just the public being in the public eye. But, um, that it's like akin to being a rock star almost. And I would always say, and I started saying it really early on, I'm not that cool in real life. Like I just draw on people, you know, and my, my client base is primarily women. I do have a few, you know, long time men, like, you know what I mean? Um, clients, but it's just the connection I think because I'm not that aggressive gruff. And I learned from bikers, like the shop I apprenticed in, as a biker tattoo shop, you know, walk-ins. I remember I could do like eleven tattoos in one day and just go home. You know, it was like speed. I'm very fast, but I'm also very quick with all my art. That's why Pocket of Piers was drawn within, you know, what a hundred days. I think I drew that deck. Sawyer's Path, I drew it within two weeks. Like it's just art is like, when I sit down to do art, that's what I'm doing. You know, so yeah, being a tattoo artist is a huge responsibility. But because I'm so, it's it's like second to breathing at this point for me, that it's easy, you know, (laughs) it's not that big, it's a responsibility, but it's not that big of a responsibility.
1: So for those who are listening audio only and can't see you, if I can just describe, uh, you are a very tattooed person. You've got full sleeves on both arms, on your hands and on your neck. You've got these beautiful flowers on your neck. And I think so often we associate neck tattoos with, excuse me, but bad choices. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. I did not get my neck tattooed until I was tattooing for probably 12 years. And i started going to conventions and I started like being around and I didn't even look like I belonged to my industry because you had people who didn't even do it having neck and face tattoos. And I was like, my my brain goes, because I've been tattooing since, you know, 2000, what are we? Oh my God, 2002. Um, I always go, well, what do they do for a living? Like, do they all just work in kitchens? You know, like that's my brain just going like, but now the world has changed so much. The industry has changed so much that you could literally have face tattoos and be a branch manager at a bank or something, you know, but when I started, that was not a thing. I didn't get my forearms done until I was like, sure that I was going to be doing this. Because they're job stoppers, hands and neck were always called job stoppers. Like I can never right. go back to my management career, you know. But right, the beliefs have shifted now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, and 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 your neck tattoos are just lovely. They're mm. they're floral and they're a bird abs- and a rose. Yep. absolutely beautiful. I, I I love them. And and yeah, that that hand, mm-hmm. the, the tattoos that you can't easily cover. Yes. And I'm older than you are. And I remember I've never gotten a tattoo. Right. Mm-hmm. I, and, and I will never say never. It could happen at some point. <laughs> but It has not yet happened. But I remember when I was first flirting with the idea back in the mm-hmm. 80s, when I was in my 20s, my mother said, well, whatever you do, just think about how it's going to be when you're putting on a wedding gown.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> I've heard that so much. And I'm like, well, hopefully the person you're marrying doesn't care. <laughs> and also they make makeup. They make, uh, they make makeup that there's, there's some artists in Hollywood that have a lot of tattoos and you would never know it because the, the derma blend that they get, like it just, they can match the skin tone. It could, you know. Uh-huh.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and I think it's interesting when we mm-hmm. look at how society has changed Yes. Over time, to yes. really embrace and accept tattoos simply mm-hmm. as personal expression. Mm-hmm. In the same time, society has grown to accept and embrace tarot.
0: Yes, yes.
1: At, at about mm-hmm. the same time, at about yeah. the same rate. When I was first a professional tarot reader, people would look at me like I had two heads. Now, I still had full time clientele. Right. But it was very secretive, and it it was you know not as it is now. So, yay for acceptance Mm -hmm. in the new millennia.
0: Well, uh, I love that you parallel that because i I look at new artists, you know, in my industry in the or in the tattoo industry of being like, well, they didn't go what I went through, or they didn't, you know, like. there was no Instagram. There was no social media. You had to wait for the magazine subscriptions to come in. You had to find all the books. And then, you, you know, And I look at them and I'm like part jealous because it's literally at their fingertips now. And that's why the bar has been raised so high because like, there's no more that like real mess up learning period. But then I think about it to you who've been doing tarot for longer than I've been tattooing you must look at people like me who are newer in the industry being like, Oh my God, to have all this, you know, it's like, it's the same parallels. Cause that's where imposter syndrome comes for me. Cause I'm going, I'm a baby in this industry. You know, when it comes to tarot, I'm good at art, but that like, I look at my, you know, the people who've paved the way for us to not have to be secret anymore about it, you know? And it's just kind of like, to me, I guess, because of just how I came up, there's this utmost respect. And that could also be why I don't want to read for people because I'm like putting myself, I have this thing and I'm going to throw myself under the bus where I get into the these industries and I end up meeting some key players like right off the bat and become friends with them. And then the imposter syndrome is even bigger because I'm like... Oh my God, how is it that I'm good friends with like, right before we got on, I was chatting with Jenna Matland, who, Mm -hmm. you know, who's also a teacher and Jenna and I become friends. Like we met before, like at a whole different festival, like four or five years ago. And then I'm like, Oh my God, she's like a big deal.
1: (laughs) She is, and she's also going to be speaking at StarCraft yes. 2022, and she's in your pocket of Pierce Tarot.
0: She is. She's the Queen of Wands, Yeah.
1: Yes, which, which was her business name yes. for the longest time, so that, that is so perfect. So let's talk for a minute about how Tarot did come into your life. Tell us the story.
0: So Tarot, I mean... I Okay, so I've been tattooing for 20 years, but tarot entered my life probably in 2000, Mm -hmm. when my mother and I had gone like she's up in Maine. And so we had taken a day trip down to Salem and Massachusetts, because she's like an hour from there. And we like, you know, she's always been very like witchy or this or that, but like, I was never into the cards. Like there was a lot in my youth that prevented me from focusing just on, like, I've always loved astrology, but I've never focused on it. Right. So I remember buying, like I bought the, um, the Brian Froud fairy oracle there. And then I think my mom had gotten like a tarot deck and, and then we had gotten our book of shadows and we had done like a consecration and all this stuff. And I remember writing a spell for tattooing and then I put my book is shadows away and forgot about it because life happens. And then like, I found it 17 years later. And I was like, Holy crap. Like did this, like, is this synchronistic or is it, you know, so, but I've always had cards and art. Like, of course, I'm going to think tarot is awesome. It's art. It's, it's a collection of art, you know, yeah. but I was so busy cultivating my tattoo career that I didn't allow for anything else to come into my, you know, mm-hmm. focus, I guess at that time. So once I no longer had to like really work really hard at tattoo, it was like what had you know, it was my business at that point, tarot re-entered. I don't even remember how it just was like, oh, I found this Morgan Greer deck that I've had forever. I think my mom had given it to me and I just started doing daily pulls. I started like sharing them on Instagram. I started, you know, and this was probably about, Oh, my husband and i have been together for 9 years so it was probably about like 8 years ago like crystals are always the gateway for me cuz shiny rocks <laughs> so so like i started collecting more crystals and i started you know like really diving into the metaphysical metaphys- meanings of them and then of course tarot follows suit and and then i was like i had a client ask me to do a tattoo that was the a uh, two of cups on her hand so i did this real stylized version of the two of cups it was based off of her drawing. It was like some symbols in it, you know, that were very important to her that. So we had the two chalices and then we had like a star in there, but it was like a, I think the seven pointed star. And I remember going home that night and being like, that was so fun. I wonder what it would look like to draw the queen of swords in my tattoo style as if I wanted to do this. Mm -hmm. So I drew her, like that's why my Sawyer's path queen of swords has um, a lady head coming out of a rose. And she's wearing a crown with a sword. And, you know, that to me, it was like, okay, well, this is the symbols of the woman looking very, you know, in my deck, she's looking straightforward, kind of like a mini justice card. And I'm looking at it as I would love to tattoo her, you know, because lady heads coming out of flowers is a thing in, in the tattoo culture. It really is. And then I was like, okay, so that's the queen of swords. What about the queen of cups? Well, obviously a mermaid. We're going to do a sunken ship in the water, you know, all this. So then I was like, I drew all four queens. And then I realized that I started a tarot deck.
1: (laughs) I love it. Oh, that's beautiful.
0: So So, that was kind of like the big immersion point, you know. And that was your first deck, the Sawyer's Mm -hmm. Path. Yes. And that deck is still available? It is currently on the Pacific coming to me. Um, we did a final farewell tour Kickstarter back in September and I do have about 200 extra copies coming, so it will be available, Mm -hmm. but it has, it's a box set. So it has the color version with my red pencil sketches. Mm -hmm. So they're two different there it's, you know, oh my gosh, math, 156 cards. Um, yeah, 78. (laughs) I'm like, carry the Y. Um, so it's, it's, a box set that has Sawyer's Path and the Tarot three six, which is actually I call the prelude to Sawyer's Path because it was all my red pencil sketches of that. But they read completely different, which is kind of strange that you can have similar images being so different. But it's like my hesitation marks, my sketch lines, you know, like you get like a glimpse into my drawing that is
1: fabulous and collectors these are going to be super super valuable so uh, there's only 500
0: of them yeah (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) maybe right now you should let us know your website so people can know how to get in line it's
0: very easy i do like i've had people ask about it because they'll go to the kickstarter and see that kickstarter is done um but Jamie sawyer 336com is my website. And if you sign up for the newsletter, I've promised my newsletter subscribers that they will know first uh-huh. when they will be listed in the shop, because like after we're n- pre-orders stress me out. So right. I don't do pre-orders. Uh-huh. Um, so as soon as we've, we've shipped out all the Kickstarter rewards, they will just be in the shop, you Perfect. know, and, but the newsletter people will know that first. So.
1: Perfect. So tell us about the tiles. Yes, yes, yes.
0: <laughs> So I have this thing where I am very hands-on. I'm very tactile. I just need something like I don't know if it's fidgeting or if it's just you know. It's also as a creative person, anything that I get get into, I'm like, oh, how can I apply this to what I am doing now? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So I've dabbled with resin art for years. I used to make organite. I used to make jewelry. I you know like resin. I, at least 10 years I've been playing with resin, maybe more, Um, you know, I think my first fascination was like seeing like jewelry that had like uh, sprinkles in it, you know, like the little rings with sprinkles, like candy sprinkles. I was like, how do they do that? You know, I need to figure this out. So I was playing with resin and then I was also doing my Lenormand deck at that time. And I remember like when I was doing the Lenormand deck, I'm like, okay, so these cards are meant to be read all at once. I still have never mastered the grand tableau, but I, I know a lot about Lenormand, but I'm, I know Lenormand, how I use it within my own practice. Right. Um, so I was playing with resin and then I was like, Oh, wouldn't it be really neat if I could just make a grand tableau that didn't have to take up a whole table, you know, like, cause that's why Lenormand cards are usually smaller so that you can take up a limited space. So, I was playing a resin and I was making these charms based off of my tarot deck images. Like I was making pendants that were wire wrapped, but they were also resin coated and there was tons of bubbles and they, you know, there was fun, but it was just like, when I, when I wasn't working, I needed something to kind of keep my creativity flowing. And this is what I would do at home when I wasn't, you know, tattooing. And so I was like, okay, well I'm going to make, if I can make these one pendants with my tarot images in it, why couldn't I do, I'm going to do 36 Lenormand. Cause it was way easier to commit to 36 than to 78. Right, right. And I only had molds. Like this was way before right now I could go on Amazon and buy resin molds. And like, I look at them and it goes back to the man. Like I learned how to make my own molds. I learned how to do all this stuff before I finally settled on what we're doing now. It was so much trial and error. It's so much troubleshooting. But when I made these little resin creations of the the Lenormand tiles. It's like, Oh my God, this is so much fun, you know? And then I had tried a few different types and then I was like, okay, well I'll do 22. I'll do the major arcana. Cause that I can commit to, you know, because again, it's not how we do them today. Like I was literally only doing like six at a time. So it took me a long time to make them because I did, I only had so many molds. So then I did a full set of tarot and I was like, I need to figure out how to be able to do this easier because I'm the kind of person when I, when I do something, I want to keep doing it. Uh Like I want, I want to give my mom a set. I want to give my friend a set. I want, you know, like this is, this is how it is. And so then I was talking with a friend of mine who's a client and he's really into board games. And we were like, I was asking him, I was like, is there anything that exists? Like, how can I get a factory to do this for me? He's like, Jamie, I've never seen anything like that. I was like, but I've seen stuff like this, you know, and I'm I'm like, I've got this image in my head and I go, okay, well then I got to figure out how to make it. Like, I truly believe when you identify a problem or a lack of something in the industry, that that's the creative conduit way of being like, okay, well now it's your job to figure out how to make it,
1: you know? Totally, totally.
0: So that was how the tarot tiles were born because it came from a desire to have these images on a harder surface that I could literally dunk in water. I could, you know, like do whatever with them and they're not going to tear. I mean, I love cards, but like they a tear and people get really excited when they shuffle.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I will, I have to retire from professional use a deck at least every mm-hmm. three months.
0: Yeah. Because it's over. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the tiles, then the way that the tarot tiles, for those of you who aren't watching the video, this is what they sound like. <laughs> um. They also became something because at that time I was doing pyrography, which is wood burning. And I was learning the tarot correspondences for the cards and I wanted them to be like Mm flashcards. So I had these little wooden things that I was making the tiles. I was like, okay, so this is what I was telling my husband. And he's like, he's, he's learned to not question me at this point. He's just like, okay, Jamie's got an idea. She's going to have it done tomorrow. You know, I said, okay. I want to know the astrological correspondences because it's going to help me learn astrology. It's going to help me understand the cards on a deeper level. I understand astrology was way older than tarot, but I like the layering, you know? So I hand burnt my first set, all the correspondences on the backs of the tiles. So like if I pull like the four of wands. Oh, that is so
1: beautiful. So it's shiny It is Mm -hmm. a rectangle like a card, but it's a lot smaller than a card. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very beautiful art. Okay. And so it's it's shiny. A a quarter inch thick, an eighth of an inch.
0: It's an eighth of, yeah, they're an eighth of an inch thick. We actually create them entirely in-house now. We, we have a huge industrial grade laser and we have, you know, we use vinyl for the the images now and the resin that we use is a a non-yellowing. It's like a really good quality resin but the backs have the correspondence. So like on the four of wands, I can go, okay, well that's Venus and Aries. So I can bring in those energies of that. It was like flashcards. It would have been way easier to just draw flashcards, you know, but I I was like, no, this is, this is how my brain works. So they, you know, they, they're this size and they've been this size and I'm actually launching a smaller version because the original prototypes were the size of the smaller version that I'm launching. So they're like an inch by like an inch and a half.
1: Okay. These
0: are about two inches, you know, so they're like 50% bigger than, you know, and then they, I had no idea that they would become like the basis of my entire practice. <laughs> really didn't. I, I was like, it started with Lenormand and now it's like, okay. And I, so then I started making, I made a Lenormand grand tableau board you know, like an engraved board that has the spaces that we can put out the 36. So it has the 36 houses on there so I can lay it out. And I can be like, okay, well, writers in the house of bear. And so that gives a deeper, I still don't know how to do the grand tableau. Like Rana George is my go-to when people are like, how do I learn this? I said, I don't know. She wrote an amazing book, you know, oh, go check it out. Um, so then I was like, but I made this grand tableau board. And I started like playing around with that on my Instagram pictures. And then I would use like a big card and then I would put Lenormand around it and I would start layering them. And I started to realize like, wow, this is, this is how I use these, Mm. you know, it made more sense to me because I have an issue of getting in my head about the rules. Mm. Like when I learn the rules of something, it's really hard to break it unless I have everything in the kitchen sink in there, you know? (laughs) so. But yeah, that's I mean, that was a, a long-winded version of why and how the tarot tiles exist, but
1: and they are available. One one can yes. purchase those. Yes,
0: yes. I've done collaborations um with a lot of indie indie artists, which is really exciting. Like um, some of them have run out. So those people who have the a few of the collabs that have run out, like now they're collector's items because I'm not making them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have like a we have a collab with Benabelle Wen for her Vitruvian, her Spirit Keepers Vitruvian, and those, you know, and you could you could take them and just like any deck. My thing is, I like to be able to use them and not have to take up a full table, right. That to me, it, you know, I know big readings intimidate people, but I literally can do a reading within 10 minutes using 13 cards oh, or whatever. Yeah.
1: I'm thinking about <laughs> the the professional application of this mm-hmm. and just how, yeah. good, like, I'm a very tactile person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so how a card feels, like the finish on a yeah. card is really important to me. And yeah. If not right. I can't use them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm just thinking, man, like I, I'm, I want to touch those right <laughs> now. <laughs>
0: I know. I'm sad that I'm not going to be there in person because I would have loved to then, but it's just travel's not in my cards right now.
1: So. 2023 coming. Yeah, yeah. um, yes. Yeah. And and that you know that's a good time to insert mm-hmm. Starcon 2022 mm-hmm. and always. Yes. 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 Uh, is a hybrid event mm-hmm. for those who can travel, who are able to travel. We are in person, but mm-hmm. those who can't, the Excel events Event Management Program mm-hmm. is fabulous. Mm-hmm. You will feel like you are there. If you want to vend, you can um, you can vend in the virtual exhibition. Hall. Oh yes, yes. There there's <laughs> options, and um, you can even join us in the bar uh, <laughs> when we get together in the wow lib- libations and divinations. Mm-hmm. There are lounges on Excellence, and so at nine p.m. just go to the lounge on Excellence, and we'll be there. You'll be in our phones. We'll see your <laughs> face in our phones, and we can have a
0: drink. Wow. Yeah, I did. I didn't check it out last year. I'm like intrigued. I still got to learn it. It
1: it was so interesting last year. Mm because Last year we were all online for obvious reasons. And um, it really, it was so immersive that when it was over, we all felt like we had
0: actually been on a trip and been together. That's awesome. Yeah. Especially like in a time when we were being told not to connect, you know, so it's like, (laughs) right. Right. To be able to feel like you can connect is just like it's it's what brings us together. Right. So.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And the great thing is Mm -hmm. even for the people in person, Mm -hmm. they have access, of course, to the app and and, and to Excel events. And we have the 30 day afterglow Mm. where people can watch the recordings of the classes that are in their ticket. And we're going to have some. some pre-scheduled events in the lounges um nice. amy mauser's doing a healing with tarot thing mm-hmm. mitchell osborne he's in your pocket mm-hmm. appears too he right? is
0: he is the eight of cups him That's and Bartholomew. So- bartholomeo yep. oh, Kitty. so perfect yeah. so perfect
1: <laughs> i actually met that cat in person oh yes Aww. Um, he's doing improv Mm-hmm. Uh, Barrett Ermey and I are going to mm-hmm. get together and talk about if we could make a like if copyright were not an issue. Right, right, right. If we could make the ultimate Star Trek tarot, deck, <laughs> what would it be? Yeah. Yes.
0: I know Barrett's been working on that for a while. He's picked my brain. I'm like, Barrett, I don't know Star Trek. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I know, like, you know, Captain Kirk, Star Trek, but I, in, in Picard, but that's it. Like, I don't know, you know, he's, he's given me names and I'm like, Oh honey, like, I don't know these. I'm
1: so Right. Cause he's making one for his personal use. Yes. Yes. And you
0: can, you can do that. Yeah. Right.
1: And I think he's keeping it to DS9 and I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, bear, we're going to have a conversation that takes yeah. the whole, <laughs> the whole verse and uh, mm-hmm. we're going to have some fun with that. So yeah. And Mm -hmm. so I'm sad that I won't get to see you in 3D, but we are so excited to see you at StarCon. And and that's really the point. So for people who are still not sure how they want to attend, Mm -hmm. either option is great, you know, and and each will have its its pluses and minuses, as with you can you
0: can sit in your pajamas with me and we'll get creative together.
1: You know? Perfect. (laughs) Can you give us a sneak peek? of what you're going to be doing with us at StarCon 2022. I
0: can I can give you a little bit of what I've been thinking about because I'm still, like I had told you, I'm still putting all the nuts and bolts, I guess, together, but we're going to be setting the stage. Since my practice is around tarot casting, mm-hmm. I have found that, you know, for people who really like ritual and really like, um, you know, like, I'm a really bad witch when it comes to like casting circles and doing that stuff. Like, I believe like, okay, this is the intention. This is what I want to do. I like the idea of it. I'm just lazy, you know? Um, but so it is my goal to create a class or to run a, a workshop about setting the stage, which basically will be a static space to bring your pack practice. So like I have different boards that are like, one is dream casting. So I know when I'm using that board it's about dream interpretation with tarot. When I'm using grand tableau, it's about reading the grand tableau. When I'm using my impermanence board, which has got a skull with a couple different cards on it, I know that I'm showing up in that stage as, you know, pondering the impermanent aspects of life and seeing what cards are going to bring to the conversation. So I love creating art and also putting it into my practice. So it's my hope that with my class, I'm going to be able to empower others to create their own stages, you know, because your cards are actors when they show up on a stage. Right. So that's kind of, that's where I'm at. I don't know how it's going to show up, but that's, that's what's going on in my head. But I feel like I'm on the right track. Cause you look excited. <laughs> I've got tears in my eyes. So Yay. I love this
1: so much. Like, okay. I could I could go on like I'm an over talker. So I'm like really trying (laughs) not to over talk about how amazingly excited I am about this because, Mm. oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to. Recognize something about who you are in the tarot community because we understand that mm-hmm. you kind of backed in. You didn't mean to join this community. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and yet the community has embraced you. I had no idea there was a tarot community. Like, right, right. All of a sudden, I, like when I created Sawyer's Path, I didn't think people would want this deck. I wanted it. Right, right. And, you know,
1: maybe it is because, you know, you were like, you weren't like how can this be a business, which it is for you now, thank goodness, yes, you know, yes. with COVID, thank goodness. <laughs> yes. Um, and thank goodness for us that we yes. have access mm-hmm. uh, to these amazing things. But your process has been so organic, mm-hmm. so led by your own creativity, by spirituality, by all of that, that it is very genuine. And, and we can see that and that feels good. But that wasn't even what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. <laughs> who you are in our community, as I see you right now, Mm -hmm. you are a freaking innovator. You are inventing things. I mean, yes, we've all had reading cloths, Mm -hmm. but the idea of the reading cloth or the stage with a particular intention, Mm -hmm. I have goosebumps. And the tiles, these are new things for us. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Tara, when we talk about divinatory arts, Tara was super young, anyway.
0: Yeah,
1: you know it is still in its infancy. Yes, as compared to the I Ching or palmistry Mm -hmm. or
0: you know any of even astrology. Yeah, it's
1: right. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Sun Mm -hmm. Sun sign astrology is is yes,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but actual charting and and, and looking to the skies, yes, is ancient. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so. You like I can imagine that the tarotists of a 100 years from now, 200 years from now mm-hmm. may have in their practices like, well, of course, you got to have tiles and you got to have a <laughs> stage, you know, and and will look to you as the one mm. who innovated that. Mm. And and that is so beautiful. And I think there's a lesson here
0: for us in that you didn't set out to do that. Mm-mm. Now I, I call it a creative conduit because it's, I get like, my heart is swelling as you're saying all this, because it's hard for me to be like the center of that affection, you know, because it's just something that comes very naturally. It's very easy for me to create. And then I get, well, how do I teach somebody something that I've literally spent my whole life doing? Like, how do I make this easy to understand? And And it's just like, because, it wasn't my main goal. Like when people, you know, like I said, I was doing tattoos every day, you know, and that's what paid my bills. So this is just exciting. This was like my side thing, you know, and, but it's brought me so many amazing people and friends that I can't imagine my life without at this point. And I'm like, the lines just, they blended. They didn't, you know, it was just like, okay, this is where I'm at. Okay. I don't know what's next, but I'm here for it, you know. <laughs> well, and that brings us to
1: Pocket of Peers. Mm-hmm. And I, I would just, and tell me if this is not true. Okay, mm-hmm. so first of all, Pocket of Peers, what you did was create a tarot deck where each card is a particular tarot list mm-hmm. in, the, in the community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have to imagine that
0: most of the people in that deck were people that you met at conferences. There are people that I met at conferences and online. There's like maybe... 10 who are close friends and family members that because the whole idea behind it was. You know, I wake up at 5 a.m. And sometimes I want to talk to people at 5 a.m., but they're not up at 5 a.m. Like my best friend lives in California. It is three or two. You know what I mean? So I can't just text Jenna and be like, hey, I was thinking, although I can text the seven of swords because Esther is in South Korea. So she's ahead of me. So it's ah. 5 AM I can text her and we can have full conversations. But the whole point of the deck was to have a conversation with peers
1: mm-hmm. in the
0: quiet focus of my own home, oh. you know, and having these people's viewpoints and their like little quips or, you know, so I had done like a whole interview series on my Instagram, talking to each person and how they embody the card, And then I was taking notes. And so that way, At 5 a.m. when I'm doing my morning practice and say I get, you know, the eight of cups, I can think back to talking with Mitchell and being like, oh, this is what he had to say about the eight of cups, you know, plus I hid Easter eggs Mm -hmm. in the deck. Um, This is my prototype here. But so like I have, oh, look, there's Mitchell. He's right on the bottom.
1: (laughs) Okay. So what we see, it's a beautiful deck with a black border. Mm-hmm. And there are eight cops in that sort of mm-hmm. traditional thing. We've got Mitchell's profile and, and we've got the cat sort of draped over his shoulder.
0: But I also have, so I have the, the lantern here in the top hanging from the ceiling, which is a nod to the traditional Rider-Waite-Smith. Eight of Cups. I mean, it's, that has, it's got like a moon face. It's in got it. the moon face in it. The background that is around Mitchell's face and Bartholomew is the hill and the you know the nod to water in the hill as the figure is walking away in the Eight of Cups. So this him looking off into the distance is very mirroring of the you know. So it was oh. you don't need to know the people in the deck to work with the deck, right? You know right. that was also very important. So I there are like. Easter eggs throughout the whole thing so like in Teresa's card so I have um, Teresa Reed Uh as the two of cups on their cups has the the lion head with the caduceus you know so I wanted to be able to put the symbolism that we've come to know and love in there you know Like the three, the three of pentacles is my father and he's a carpenter. So there's three of him doing different stages of working on his house, but the one he's holding blueprints, you know, so it's still a very workable deck. But for me, I have a deeper, some of the people I don't know that well that are in the deck, but we had had connections, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how you said, like the presenters chose themselves for a star con. There was a lot of, there was a lot of the peers that chose themselves for this Mm -hmm. deck. Like I had a couple people who just couldn't give me photos and they were dear friends. And as much as I wanted them in the deck, I was like, I kind of on a deadline and I'm almost done. So I need your cards, you know? And, and I was like, it's okay. If you don't want to be in it. And they were like, okay. So I had other people and they were like, oh my gosh, that's exactly where I am in my life right now. And then they had the, you know, we talked about it. I was like, oh, that's a perfect idea for that card. So I was like, this deck is choosing itself at this point.
1: <laughs> that is is fabulous.
0: Yeah. I,
1: I, there's so many more things that I could, that I could think to ask you, but I I really, I I think I want to go back before we say goodbye. I want to go back to the tattoo thing Uh Um, for two reasons. First, as I said, I am not tattooed, but if I were to be, Mm -hmm. I would have to think that tarot would have to at least have a part in it. Right, so I have a couple of questions for you. First of all, do you have on your skin, your your own skin, any tarot tattoos?
0: If I have to think about it, I don't. I have, I mean, I have like palmistry. I have my knuckles done. I all did right. I did those last January 1st, Mm -hmm. actually. And I remember talking with Jim Barker and I was like making sure the fingers were correct. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, yes, you know, but I I don't have, I mean, I have like witchy style tattoos. I did one on my wrist um, for my mother's 50th birthday, I think it was. And it's a cauldron with some filigree around it. And then it has her name reduced down into runes. Mm, And I remember showing it to her. She's like, so you got a tattoo for my birthday. I was like, yeah, don't you like it? You know, this is my mom tattoo. (laughs) You know, that's funny. My son
1: got a tattoo for me on on his own. (laughs) I I totally get that. And over the course, now you had said Mm. that doing a tarot tattoo for someone Mm. was kind of what set you on this path. So we're very grateful to that individual. (laughs) Over the course of your career, did you do a Mm -hmm. lot of tarot tattoos?
0: I have. I've done, um, I think... I don't know if I posted it on my blog, but I think I did a newsletter a while back about some of the compilations and I've done a couple, three of swords, mm-hmm. um, a couple towers strength. Um, I've done the nine of wands for my deck. I've done the queen of cups for my deck. And then, you know, I so yeah, I've done quite a few and it's definitely a subject matter. I really enjoy tattooing because I like to know why, like when the the person was getting the tower, I'm like, why would you get the tower you know like uh-huh. and they said that it was such a it was such a pivotal turning point in their life that it just reminded her that every single time like when things are bad it doesn't mean it's the end of things so it was like more of a reminder that things can go wrong they will go wrong like we're human like our whole existence is going to constantly give us ups and downs but there's always going to be like the star after the tower so it was like claiming of the tower. And I was just like, okay, you know, I could get that. I can get behind that.
1: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Absolutely. And you know, when we look at these now two careers Mm -hmm. that you have, I mean, you are Mm -hmm. very solidly a tattoo artist Mm -hmm. and also very solidly a tarot artist and creator, you know, Mm -hmm. that we,
0: there's no going back on that. (laughs) It's I say I'm done with deck creation as I'm carving I'm almost through carving an entire Lenormand deck, so yeah, it's yeah,
1: yeah. yeah You, You are you're with us now. We we won't you
0: can't say it. never.
1: <laughs> but I I think that there is that there are a a few uh, commonalities mm-hmm. between tattoo and tarot. Yes. One is they kind of both come out of counterculture.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, two is they kind of have their own culture. Mm-hmm. But three is they, they create a real permanence for people. You know, tattoo yes. is a permanent thing on the skin. Yeah. And tarot, as we study it, as we read for others, as others read for us, as we read for ourselves, it creates permanent change within us. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm just so grateful that you will be with us for StarCon 2022 um, to help create change in our tarot
0: practice. Yay, I'm so thrilled to be there. I got some technological things I'll have to ask you about with Oh sure. Yeah. And but you'll have, but you'll that's have, yeah, I have time. Have
1: practice, <laughs> it'll be fine, it'll be easy. Yeah.
0: We, we all did it last year. It's it's
1: all good, I promise. Good. I promise, it'll be good. Jamie Sawyer, thank you so much for being a guest here on Starcast. We will look forward to seeing you at StarCon 2022. Thank you. I look forward to it. Thank you so much.
0: For joining us for StarCast. For more information about our annual conference, visit us online at starcon.com. That's S T A A R C O N.com. We are looking forward to seeing you in January.